Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. Your turn to sound off in moments. Who's the best team in the NFC? Do the Rams even belong in that discussion with Seattle, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay? Hit us up, Key J and Z, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Simple as that. Best team in the National Football Conference. First things first, Rams win 24-10 last night, and nobody, nobody has the cliche game down. If the Twitter question was, who's got the best cliche game in the NFL, the answer would clearly be, Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Here's the head coach last night with Scott Van Pelt after the win. Cliche machine. We'll take it one game at a time. We got to continue to play well in all three phases. And I thought offensively we did some good stuff through those first three quarters. When we do get into four minute, even if it is a little bit more conservative, we got to find a way to take care of the ball, you know, sustain drives and be able to keep our defense off the grass. But it was a big win against a tough opponent tonight, for sure. They'll get Miami on Sunday. I can guarantee KJ and myself will be giving 100% through the rest of the program. We're not going to leave anything on the floor here. We're just going to make sure nothing hits the editing room floor. We're going to make sure everything gets in for the next time. He's a football coach. And, and, and so funny, Sean, you know, I've been knowing Sean since Sean was in high school. Um, he, was our, he, was, he worked with our team in Tampa doing summer camps. And, you know, he, you just knew that he was – going to be a football coach. He was enjoying it. It's like a mini John Gruden to a degree because his path came through to a degree through the Gruden family, whether it was through Jay or John, he's been around them. So a lot of his mannerisms and the way he talks and sounds, it's just like I'm listening to John Gruden all over again. You and know, Jay, you were high school stud. I just want to mention this real quick before we get your thoughts because you, the, Zubin. yes, and this is the reason I'm saying this. <laughs> the high school player of the year in Georgia when Sean McVay was coming out, the runner up, was a guy named Calvin Johnson. Might have heard of him. Mm, I, 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 I'm, I'm, he was the runner-up? The winner? Sean McVay. Yeah, I don't even know what, what? that is. He don't was even, a high school what? quarterback. He was How a high school feasible? quarterback. How is that feasible? How is that possible? In the state of Georgia, he played for uh, a uh, private uh, school, and Calvin Johnson finished behind Sean McVay. Do, as they say, hey, do, as they the say sometimes with Keyshawn, man. do the math. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It ain't, it's not hard. It's not. It's, Sean was a good Good quarterback. I'm just stating facts. In in Scrappy. high school. Scrappy. First one in, last one out. He was very, you know, very smart at what he did. Played 100% and of the time. All, all the, the time. time. Full speed. <laughs> it, 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 but different levels, as you know, like you, I'm assuming you was New Jersey high school player of the year. Yes. Of course, right? But you probably, you were, but you could have probably not been if they just decided to mm-hmm. take somebody else. That just happens, right? It's just, it happens that way, Jay. That's your line. Well, it happens. I mean, it happens. It's just, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? They both ended up in the NFL. Another, so I know where you're uh, going. With yeah, that. Another it's, interesting it's, turn of events in Georgia. A lot of stuff going on in Georgia this It year. happens. So McVay goes from Georgia to L.A. He makes the cross-country trip. They'll make a cross-country trip back to Miami on the short week. Here's the real question. They as saw his we'll, coaching talent. That's what it was. <laughs> Youngest coach in modern NFL I love, history. I like Sean. No, Sean is, <laughs> Sean is a man. He's a good dude. And by the way, he, he does a lot of cool things for their team, too. Like, he brought Dwayne Johnson in for motivational speaking. Like, he always tries to find... Like those innuendos, those intricacies yeah. to push your team to a different. You're a young coach. You got to connect with your young roster, and he's able to do it when most of the coaches in the league are maybe 20 well, years well, older so, than he is. So that you mentioned that Zubin, uh, Lord have mercy, Zubin. I've been called worse. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, we don't want to know that on air. So when Sean first took the job, you know, I had a conversation with him, and we were talking about the way to go about connecting with your team. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, look, man, this straight in his eyes. And he'd tell you to this day. I told him, I said, whatever you do, you better not change from who you were in Washington. 
Because the moment that you become a phony baloney, they're going to see through it and they're going to run through a wall. So stay the same. You was buddy buddies with him when you was an assistant coach. Still treat it that way. But don't all of a sudden act brand new because you got HC on your shoulders. Mm. Don't do it. Head coach. Now, you're gonna, yeah, because how, they'll see you. How close were you when you said that to him when you looked him in the eyes? Because he's, he's about, what, 5'9"? <laughs> he's a little bit taller <laughs> so than you. You're ta- I'm just trying to get the visual. No, he's a little, he's a little, over he, him. No, he's a little bit taller than you. I actually was sitting down. But he's a little bit taller than you. He's taller than 6'2"? Come on, man, Jay. That's basketball on, height. You My program with. height is 6'3". Uh, from 6'2 to 5'2". and two. How good are the Rams? Look, look, they're not in Key's real rankings. We had earlier this morning. They did not make the cut in the top seven. How good are they? I'm, I'm not sure how good they are. I, I, their defense could take them to a championship game, but if we're looking, where where were they ranked, Key? Like we're third or fourth in the NFC? In the NFC, fourth. They are somewhere hovering around that fifth spot. I would say, uh, maybe even the sixth spot. I need to see a little bit more from them. I need to see. I need to see a signature win. Cowboys Week One wasn't a signature win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got beat by Boston. Boston Buffalo. They got beat um, by the 49ers when I thought the 49ers had fell apart. Jimmy Garoppolo had the best game of the year against them. I mean, it just it was a different. Then they go out last night and they beat up on Chicago, which Chicago has an offense that can't get out of its own way and puts the defense in bad situations. Um, so I want to see who they play in, in the next three games and next four games. That's going to tell me a lot when we get toward the end of the season. But I think that I do think that they are a contender as of right now. Just don't know where they're going to finish. Let's reel it off for the fellas. Jay, you love looking at the schedule and talking about the schedule. They got the Dolphins here on a short week. That on could the be road. a trap game, by the way. Interesting. No, it's not the same though. They go on to Miami, right? Yeah. Yes. See, if they was going to Miami in a regular season and regular, you know, it was regular, then I would worry about stuff is still being, open in Miami. Yeah, but they not they not going out like that. Okay. It's not they not you know what I'm saying? They not doing that like that. Then Dubai, okay. ready? Lemon pepper chicken wings. <laughs> then Dubai, NBA back December 22nd. Maybe a bubble, maybe not. <laughs> Next up after a bye, Seattle at home. Yeah. They they've always given Seattle a tough a tough out. Um. They have played them tough. They, they played them tough. And they could get Seattle. They certainly could. Their next six games. Zuby. Then they got yeah, the Buccaneers. Sure. On Monday they night. got the Buccaneers and the Niners again. Yep. So their first four, these next four games, I don't count I don't count Miami as a, this is, no. You, you got a young kid taking the snaps for the first time in Tua Tungvalea at quarterback. You don't know what he how he's going to respond to a dude like Aaron Donald pushing the center in his lap. Um, Seattle, they always play them tough. The Bucks is a tough out. And then the 49ers. So they got to go to Miami, go home, and then come back to Tampa. That's what I'm saying. Correct. They should have just Seattle given them a, they given them a back-to-back. That way they didn't have to travel. By the way, so it shows you how much the NFL has changed. When's the last time you said this? The first breather for the Rams will be when they take on the Patriots on December 10th. As of today. <laughs> right, I know. That'll you know I mean? change as Cam Newton plays better. It's if really not, the Jets. That number will go up. It's really the Jets in their next seven games. The seventh game. Yes, as he mentioned, it'll be Pat's or Jets Giants. back-to-back. Yeah. <laughs> Jays Giants. Another shot at Jays Giants. That's not on the Rams schedule, at least moving forward to this particular point. As you know, the Rams already defeated the Giants 17-9 earlier Thanks, this season. Just, just bringing out the That's facts. That's why I said or the Giants. The Thanks, great. <laughs> so you think they are good. You think they have a coach that's very good, but we'll have to wait to see how it all comes I together. I do. I just I got to see a little bit more. I think they're a playoff team. 
Who do you need to see more from? Is that Jared Goff? Because that, that was my my biggest question for this team. Well, Jared Goff needs to play consistent, continue to play consistent, but I also just need to see what they look like against competition that's going to punch back. Yeah, but, but Key, I mean, so I guess is it because, well, with other teams, you don't really need to see that as much, right? Like my argument always against Green Bay so I was like, who has Green Bay really played? But you see Aaron Rodgers, he's a different level. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, the moment that you question Aaron Rodgers, the first thing he comes out and does is go nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, Jared Goff, you question him, and he doesn't come out and go nuts. It's mm-hmm. just kind of the same. It's the same. It is indeed very interesting to see where they'll go. Again, cross-country trip, a bye, and then, as Jay said, the meat of the schedule. But I think, but I think that if they get out of that three-game stretch after Miami, that they'll put themselves in really good position to be pushing to be a favorite. So we are not as bullish on the Rams. They do need to see. The fellas need to see a little bit more. But Justin in Orlando is on ESPN Radio. Justin, you don't need to see any more, do you? No, not at all. Uh, They're absolutely one of the best teams. Uh, When you talk about their defense, all the talking heads talk about pressure the quarterback, pressure the quarterback. They have Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey on the backside. You talk about Green Bay, their defense bleeds. Seattle's defense bleeds. And last night they punched Chicago right in the mouth. Fair enough. That's what I said. I said after watching that game last night, I was like, all right, well, who has the best defense in it? in the NFC, and that's between Tampa Bay and the Rams. But but what I would say about Green Bay, and I'll say it about Seattle. Their offense can just. When you get to the playoffs and the weather starts to change, things change on the offensive side of the ball for your opponent. That You get up in the Seattle and it starts raining. That you can't drop back and throw every down. When you get to Green Bay and the dudes are standing over there with their hands in their little pouches because it's freezing cold and they, you're not used to that. Mm. They said, you get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Green Bay in the month of January. I've been there. It does not feel good in the month of January trying to play some damn football. It just doesn't feel good. Or you go to Seattle and it's 30-mile-an-hour wind and it's coming down and it's raining and it's snowing and it's just it's a different feel. It's all those things they used to say about the Bucks forever and a day. The old Bucks used to not be able to win a game under 40 degrees, and that was not no, a myth. I think that was it, was a it real 40? Thing. I thought it was like 55. One of those types <laughs> of things. That's a nor- uh, warm weather team going up to cold weather locale. Tampa Bay going to Green Bay didn't turn out too well for the Bucks. Speaking of the modern day Bucks, help is on the way. The Buccaneers will sign wideout Antonio Brown. If this is about football, I understand it 100%. Eligible to return in week nine. You got your popcorn ready because the circus is coming to town. I'll tell you what, it's not like the Bucks really needed any help considering what they've been able to do this year. I want to dig into that with our next guest, very special next guest, Todd Haley. You might remember him as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, also involved with the Jets, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Steelers, the Cardinals, well-traveled, highly respected coordinator and head coach, and he joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Coach, right out the jump, you coach Keyshawn, you coach Larry Fitzgerald, and Antonio Brown, three very demanding players in different ways at the position, specifically to A.B. and even the trio in general. What is it like to coach guys at that position with that sort of iron will? Oh, full-time headache. 
<laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, uh, I've uh, I've been blessed to, to be around some of the great uh, players of that position of all time, and uh, Keyshawn obviously being one of them. I heard him talking just a minute ago about not liking the cold. He was a great cold weather player. Make no mistake. Even though he was an LA guy, Keyshawn he showed up when it was cold. I don't know if he went sleeveless, but uh, he he wasn't afraid of the cold like some of these guys. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited for AB. Uh, uh, like I said, I coached uh, some of the best at that position for a long time, and I and I enjoy it. Um, uh, enjoy being around them. They're characters. They're full of personality. But the one thing they all have in common is they love football. When you look at it, Todd, in your time in Pittsburgh with him, you were able to sort of design things. In, in me knowing you, it's not necessarily about your system as mo- uh, opposed to player on player, mano a mano, find a duck and shoot him down. Do you think that that is something that Bruce Arians and Tampa Bay will understand in AB? Uh, you know, I think Tom Brady will understand it. Um, you know, but Bruce was around AB when he was just a special team player, but he knows him. Uh, you know, I think that'll be an advantage. Uh, I agree with you. I think that's what good, good and great coaching is: is is putting your best players in a position to succeed. And uh, as you know, if if you know I believe in you and and I'm trying to give you opportunities to succeed, then you're gonna do everything in your power to be great for me. And AB AB wants to be great, and I and I think the dynamic. I think obviously Tom had a big say in it. He was around for. Uh, a few weeks or a month or however long they were together last year. And uh, and he knows there's something there that he can depend on. And Tom Brady, I don't think, is going to just take anybody, you know, and say, hey, let's put him in there and play. I mean, he, he's a smart guy, and, and he knows, or I think he believes, A.B. will help him. You've been a head coach in this league, obviously, offensive coordinator, and you've had to acquire players and insert them into the locker room in the middle of the season. How do you think – Antonio will fit inside the Buccaneers locker room, given the fact that he is now going to join them in week nine or 10, opposed to at the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, I don't know all those personalities in Tampa Bay. I've met some of them, you know, combine things like that, Mike Evans and, and Godwin and, you know, but I don't know them, know them. Um, I know AB, you know, uh, you know, AB, AB is a, a, a big, big personality. Um, I think a very likable guy, uh, you know, when he's uh, on the reservation, he's, you know, he obviously been through some tough things that he maybe didn't handle the best way. But as far as I know, AB in the locker room, there's nobody that practices or works harder. I've, I've given young receivers to him and said, Hey, can you help train this guy in the off season? They call two days later. They say, I can't do it. I mean, it's, 6 a.m. treading water, catching balls in a pool. It's Pilates next, then running on the. Beach. I mean, he is. It's no no joke. I mean, he's one. Of, he's the hardest worker I've ever seen. I mean, he doesn't stop. It's full time for him. So, uh, but he's a likable guy, a great personality, great smile. Um, I think you know he'll do fine. Like I said, what I don't know the other guys, that, you know, well enough to really make that. A, you know, I can't promise you, but I think he's a, he's a, a guy that people like. Todd, when I think about hardworking, I think about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They play the Ravens this week. How intense is that rivalry? Oh, it's intense. It's uh, 
you know, when I got to Pittsburgh, I grew up there, but I had never worked with the Steelers. When my first year, uh, Ravens week, we were inside at uh, our indoor facility and on a Wednesday, and you could just hear by the sounds of how the pads and helmets were hitting that it was a different week. Um, you know, it's a big, big thing there, uh, you know, for both teams, obviously, and it's, and it's a great rivalry for the main reason is both teams have been very good for a long time. And, and, you know, you can talk about rivalries, but both teams better be pretty good for it to be a great one, and, and it is one of the best. Todd, in order, in order for the Steelers to win uh, a Super Bowl, what do they need to get better at? Where's their areas of improvement? Um, you know, I think it started last week. Uh, you saw Juju start to make a little bigger impact for him. You know, I think he's a he's a great player, but uh, you know, he's got to he's got to find his way back to some of the things he was doing when when AB was there. Um, but uh, you know, this Claypool looks like a monster. Um, reminds me a lot of Keyshawn, just a lot faster. Um, I'm not even going. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to let you. I'm not even going to let you go there. I'm not even going to let you go there. I'm just going to ignore you're, you. You're so easy. You're so easy. Even when you're not letting me, you're not going there. You're still Cause, going. Because I could call you Tasha very easy on national radio and oh, TV. I, I don't understand the Tasha reference. Now I need to understand the Tasha no. reference. I, I'll explain to you when he's okay. off the air. All right. All right. But no, it, you're you're right about Juju uh, Todd in terms of getting back to doing some of the same things that he did when A.B. was there with him. Let me ask you this. Having been growing up, obviously, in Pittsburgh, your dad, one of the main orchestras of the 70s Pittsburgh Steelers teams, drafted so many should be people. Talked about, should be talked about for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, abso- at some absolutely. Point with all the guys going in there, that, that's, he's, I mean, 13 Hall of Famers. Absolutely. Dick, Dick did a great job in terms of building the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is this the best rivalry in the NFL, Pittsburgh and Baltimore? Uh, I've been in a lot of them. I mean, it, it, it's right there at the top. Like I said, I, that's the first place after all the years I've been coaching that on a Wednesday, just the sound and, and the hitting that was going on in season, which you don't really see anymore in the NFL, uh, it was for real. And, and you know, you, you go to Baltimore, you know it's a tough, tough place to play. Pittsburgh's a tough place to play. Um, I think it's got to be right there. I mean, like I said, when both teams are good, that's what makes a great rivalry. And, you know, I was in Kansas City when we were playing Oakland. That was a great rivalry at one time. But, you know, both teams couldn't consistently be good for a very long time. So I think it, uh, that's why I think Pittsburgh-Baltimore is, is probably the best. Todd Haley, former NFL coach, joining us on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Todd, let me ask you about this one because this one obviously has – made his ways through the media over the years and Ben Roethlisberger and your relationship. How surprised are you that Ben is playing the way he's playing considering he's, he was coming back off a potential career ending elbow surgery? I'm not, I'm not surprised because I've been around him and he's, he's one of the most talented, if not the most talented quarterback I've been around on a consistent basis. I mean, he is a, he is a big-time athlete. He's. Uh, it doesn't matter what sport you're playing, Ben in, golf, darts, uh, baseball. I mean, he wins the home run derby when, when they let him play in, in camp. He, you know, he wins the coaches players' dart championship, even though he beat me in the finals twice. It, it's hard to take. But, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal, gifted, gifted athlete. But, 
you know, you are talking about an older player that missed an entire year for the most part. So uh, I'm not surprised, but uh, I think it's a, another impressive uh, thing he can put on his resume coming back at this age from a, missing a full year. Coach, we got about 30 seconds left. I know once a coach, always a coach. I know you're coaching a high school team. How's the squad doing? Uh, we're Riverview Rams. Go Rams. We're 5-1. and one. We got a big game this week, so it, it's been really fun. We got some talented uh, skill positions. I, I just always get lucky, I guess, getting around good wide receivers, a couple <laughs> D1 potential guys. So it, it's a different world, though, Keyshawn, with those wide hashes, as you know. Yeah. Well, it's a different world. You need to shave your beard, too. How do you know I have a beard? Because I know you do. You're probably walking around looking like a homeless dude. I already know. (laughs) I know. I already know. Todd, I would love to be a fly on the wall during all these uh, private conversations you and Key had back in the day. I'll tell you that. But it's also great. Yeah, for these young kids to be coached by somebody that coached in the NFL is amazing. And the last word here, because we have to end it on a high note, not the Key homeless reference here. His father, Dick Haley, widely credited for the 1974 Steelers draft, which some people believe to this day is the single best draft in the history of the National Football League. The guys that came out of that draft, totally ridiculous. Like father, like son. Success across the board. Todd, thanks for joining us this morning. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, guys. All right, Todd. A great show. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Still to come, another coach, the Cowboys head coach. Every time Mike McCarthy talks, it's serious. But yesterday, his defensive coordinator, Much Maligned, talked and gave us a huge moment of levity that everybody in the Cowboys organization needed. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And that's the big question. Was Andy Dalton surprised? Mike McCarthy certainly was. He said nobody going out there to defend Dalton after that hit from John Bostick of the Washington football team, which amazingly he will not be suspended for. Nary a player came out. That's BS. How can he not be yeah, suspended I don't for why that? They didn't suspend him. I get that maybe he doesn't have a history or nothing like that, but yeah. it was so egregious and so it just was it was bad, man. It was dangerous. Yeah. That's that's the only reason why I would think he would be suspended. And yesterday, JR, Cowboys insider, said if that was Troy Aikman, if that was Tony Romo, if that was, that Dak, was Prescott. Dak Prescott. Come on now. Or or if I was even on the team, it could have been Andy Dalton. It's just that when you have somebody, I don't know, that has a certain temperament, or or you're going to go and do what you need to do. Like Jeff Saturday said, that was with us. Two people are going to get kicked out the game. Yeah. Now, I'm not not looking to 
injure him, do something dirty, we just going to throw some blows. That's all. Ain't no, well, my, my it's no thing, secret. If I was a Dallas Cowboy, I would be tweeting about this. I would be posting about it. I would have gone crazy as soon as the play happened. I would have multiple players get kicked out. I would have made the NFL do something about this. I think also the silence from all the players kind of speaks volumes about the play itself too. It's fair to say the initiative that McCarthy maybe wants the NFL to take is the initiative he needs to get on his own players. Remember Xavier Woods not a few weeks ago essentially said he was a Cowboys player that you may have heard come out and say, wait, you want me to go 100% on all 70 plays during a game? I mean, we only play once a week. You want me to go all out once a week? And clearly they're not going all out on the field, nor for their teammates. And McCarthy has said over the last couple of days that he absolutely believes the lack of response to Andy Dalton is a microcosm of where the team is. How about a little levity for the Cowboys at 2-5? and five? We actually found some, believe it or not. Mike Nolan, who's been more embattled than anybody else, he's a Cowboys defensive coordinator. They've allowed a league-high 243 points. The heat is on Mike Nolan in more than one way. Uh, obviously, the frustration for him as well is just, you know, look, when he misses them, nobody, whoops, excuse me, I got something in my eye. Just had some Tabasco on my finger and it went in my eye. That wasn't good. Oh, it's terrible. Jeez. I'm sorry. All right, we're back. Jory, I guess I'll... Forgive me, I'm sorry. And I don't remember the question. If you give it to me again. The question was about Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Coach, I'm going to save you here and move on from anything further embarrassing to talk about Stephen Jones, the Cowboys' Chief Operating Officer Jerry's son, he was on his weekly appearance on Dallas Sports Radio Station 105.3. The fan, a lot of people are saying McCarthy won and done despite being a Super Bowl champion. Remember, Jason Garrett never started one and three. McCarthy did. The team is now two and five. Stephen Jones is standing pat. I think we're going in the right direction. I think uh, Coach McCarthy and his staff, it's just going to take time for them to implement uh, what they do and the way they play. Uh, We put a lot of work into uh, Coach McCarthy and what his, uh, you know, what his track record was and how his teams played. I mean, they were, uh, they weren't one in, one out, one in, one out. Uh, they were in the playoffs. Uh, you know, like I said, I think ten out of eleven years. So, you know, Mike brings consistency to the table, and it'll ultimately happen here. Completely understand, and uh, we understand that there's going to be criticism, criticisms, and questions until we uh, uh, start to put a product on the field that deserves to uh, start to eliminate some of those question marks and criticisms. And part of that is because the Cowboys could be down to their third string quarterback on Sunday night football against a division rival in the Eagles, who are right now just a hair ahead of them in the standings. Uh, all that is fair with Steven and Sam. There's no question about it. It's new coach, new staff, new everything. But the expectations for the Cowboy fans and, and people around the league was that the Cowboys would be one of these five teams in the NFC that we talk about on a positive note about how they're playing, all those sort of things. Obviously, they got a tough break with Dad Prescott you know, hurting his ankle and have to have surgery and lost him for the remainder of the season. However, they could have started off 0-4 if it wasn't for the Atlanta Falcons not understanding that they needed to dive on an onside kick. <laughs> we uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, so when you look at it, it's like I get it what Stephen Jones is saying. I understand it. But if, if somehow you have a well below 500 record, it's hard. It's going to be hard to get people to be enthusiastic about the future when the coaches that you hired basically went backwards, even though they're missing a ton of players. So the question is, what are your expectations of the Cowboys now with a third-string quarterback and Danucci in there going against the Eagles – and then going against the Steelers, then the Vikings. 
right? I mean, when when does Andy Dalton come back? (laughs) When does Andy Dalton come back? And I would also say Mike McCarthy key is the ninth head coach in the history of the Dallas Cowboys franchise. Just the ninth. Now, I know he's not a disciple of Jerry Jones. He wasn't born from within. But it's hard for me to say that after one year, after you lose your quarterback, your team looks leaderless and rudderless. Uh, The Andy Dalton situation happens. I know a lot of that is reflected upon the coaching staff, but also that's there has to be some onus on the players as well. There has to be. And I don't know if it just makes sense to clean house after one year when there's been a history of you showing you sticking by your head coaches. Well, it it has been a history to a degree of him sticking by the head coaches. Sometimes the players take on the personality of a head coach. And if Mike McCarthy's personality is such that it's kind of like just laid back and chill, that's probably what you're going to get with the team. But you can still coach that way and have people on your staff that gives that fire. It doesn't have to be you, the head coach. Uh, I played with Coach Tony Dungy in Tampa, and Coach Dungy was not a screamer or a yeller or a swear or nothing even remotely close to that. But there was coaches on his staff that got the message across very clear. And we were a very, very good football team for a very long time. So it could it could work out. I just, you know, is it, that, it could is, work out. But if you have as, as many players, uh, many issues coming up this year with players, whether it's uh, Woods, Xavier Woods, talking about not going 100 miles an hour, 70 plays, or whether you're having – other, you know, a few weeks later, people saying that they're ill-prepared because the coaches don't prepare them properly or whether you're having people stand around while your quarterback is concussed on the, on, on the floor with his face in the turf and they're just standing around looking puzzled. I mean, that to me is like a personality makeup of the head coach and his staff opposed to teams that I've been on that coaches – that are on that staff have different personalities, so therefore the players will have a different I mean, I temperament see, and personality. I didn't even see any of the coaches take off their masks, run a screen, run on the field, yell, do anything. Everybody just kind of sat there and watched. If Mike McCarthy is the problem, is Dak Prescott the one player that can go up to Jerry Jones and say, this is the problem here? Well, this it is what's on, happening? It depends on how Jerry Jones feels about, truly feel, about Dak Prescott. Clearly didn't mm. feel a certain way about him needing to hand him the checkbook, right? So there's not one player essentially on the on the roster right now that can go say, if he is the problem, hey, Jerry, Mike McCarthy is the issue. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. It feels I like I don't know that they have that I don't know that they have that problem. I don't know I mean I don't know if they have that player that has that personality to get involved in day to day football operations. I would also say, I don't think they do. On the other side, to your point, it's a very good one. Just real quick on Jerry and patience. You're right. There have been nine coaches in Cowboys history, but for the first 29 years, it was one coach. Yeah. Right. It was Tom Landry. So then you have 30 years of Jerry owning the team. He bought him in 89 or 90. That means eight coaches in 30 years. So now you're talking about one coach every four years. So to your point, it does, over the course of history, say that they have been patient. Jason Garrett got nine years. But if you want to condense it just to the time, essentially, that Jerry was the head running everything, that's eight coaches in 30 years. So you could play both sides of the equation there. Could be very, very interesting. He said Jason Garrett got nine years. Nine years. Nine years. 
basically a 500 coach for all nine years if you added up <laughs> I mean, in totality. Just, it, like yeah. Nine years. Yeah, nine years. Keep it in mind, Cowboys entered the NFL in 1960 under 10 head coaches. Says but something. he got nine years for real? Nine years. Yep. And he actually was the interim coach for a handful of games before that, so you can actually go nine plus if you want. Still to come, is Tom Brady beating Bill Belichick at his own game. We'll get to that. And a World Series look ahead. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We have eight minutes left. We're going to pack in the Cowboys, Tom Brady, and a little World Series talk. Hang with us. Keyshawn Jables, you've been brought to you by Goodyear. Whether you're on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected every upset, touchdown, fourth quarter comeback, and let it move you. No matter what the season throws your way, Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Goodyear, more driven. Cowboys talk in just a second. A little Buccaneer talk now. Uh, Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, Super Bowl champion with the Steelers. He's going to join us tomorrow morning right here on our program. But he had a little something interesting about Tom Brady. Fellas, you know the one thing Tom Brady doesn't have, according to many people, is mobility. But according to Ryan Clark, he knew when to get out at the right time. Brady learned from the master. Bill Belichick is the master of getting rid of you early rather than late. Well, guess what? Tom Brady dumped you this time. Tom Brady knew this was coming. He knew they didn't have enough, so he left for greener pastures. And what we are actually seeing is Tom Brady is a better GM than Bill Belichick is. Look, he got Gronk. He got Leonard Fournette. He even has AB coming. So Tom Brady may have been the reason, but he knew, Bill, we were on the downslide. Bill, we were about to decrease our opportunities of winning Super Bowls. So before you could get me, I'm going to get you. And look at Tom Brady now, elevating himself into the MVP conversation and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots talking about who they're going to draft in the draft because they might have an early pick. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Key, you agree with part, not all of that, I hear. Well, of course. I mean, when you, when you think about it, Tom Brady certainly realized that they didn't have the type of players that some of the other teams around the league that potentially could use his services had. There, was, there were no uh, Mike Evans so to speak, on the New England Patriots. There was no Scotty Miller, so to speak, on the New England Patriots, although they had a Julian Edelman, very favorable, kind of similar type players. Uh, There was no Godwin. There was no Ronald Jones. There was no dominant defense in Todd Bowles. So when you look at it as a veteran player, you certainly want to say to yourself, hmm, this is a good option. Why would I stay in New England? I got a chance to go win somewhere else. 
I don't have a problem with what RC just said. Um, I don't know if that translates into a, a better general manager, but obviously Tom Brady has great relationships. His, he had a relationship that got AB to New England. It didn't work out due to off-the-field issues. Now, if you tell me in 10 years from now that him and Gronk planned this out, you know, when Gronk first decided to retire, say, hold tight, we're going to bring you to a warmer atmosphere, I'll bring you to a team, we'll win, then that'll be a different story. But, look, Tom has always had a rapport with his players. That's a QB's – I mean, especially Tom, a player in his position. Every time I've seen Tom or when I got a chance to spend time with him at the Kentucky Derby, I've had all of his players say how great they love being around Tom. So – Nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. Indeed. And we're going to talk about the World Series here in just a second. It's being played in Arlington, Texas, just down the road, of course, is uh, the Cowboys facility, the star, everything they do there. Jerry Jones at Jerry World essentially saying on the radio on 105.3, yes, he and his son both have weekly spots. Welcome to Dallas Football Crazed. He essentially said just moments ago on the radio regarding Mike McCarthy and everything swirling about the one and done, the two and five record, Jerry on McCarthy. Simple as could be. Quote, I got my man, the owner, squashing any talk key. For now. Now. I mean, you, you, it's easy to walk stuff like that back, right? I mean, what? if they just, I don't know, man. If they, what if they wind up at two and fourteen? Gosh, you, but you don't have your star quarterback. You got Andy Dalton, who hasn't really performed well. Your defense is atrocious. You already know that it's been atrocious the whole season. You got Danucci in there right now. That's why my first question, Zubin, was, what are expectations? You're telling me now you expect to win games? If there's anything that's secure Mike McCarthy's spot, it's the fact that this team is depleted and they don't have any other resources right now. Well, he, Mike McCarthy hired the defensive coordinator and Mike Nolan. Mike okay. Nolan was the former San Francisco 49er head coach, and Mike McCarthy was his offensive coordinator. So you you can see how that could be lock and step, as you would like to say, Zubin, right? Yes, very cliche. I mean, it's, it's right there with each other. <laughs> so are, are they lock and step, though? I mean, Mike no, Nolan he, will go he, before Mike McCarthy goes. I get it, but I brought him in. So when you mentioned that the defense is not very good, the head coach brought in a defensive coordinator. So, But isn't that due to personnel as well? I mean, is that all just on scheme, or is that personnel as well? I, I think it's a little bit of personnel, but, but even so, you still – so got to show better. I agree with you, Keith. That's why I'm saying that Mike McCarthy overall will get a pass, right? You inherited you the personnel. Th- you would think. You would Even think. if Mike Nolan is the first one to go, Mike McCarthy still is there, going to be there long term. You would, you would think that he year, would, at least. You would think that they would give him a pass, but there is no – I don't see any inspiring football coming out of Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, whatever Jerry's World, whatever the hell you want to call it. I just don't see – an inspiring football team. Yeah. Let me give you one quick note. In addition to that interview with 105.3, the fan where he essentially said, I got my guy in McCarthy. One of the hosts, Shane Sharif was asking about the leadership void that some people are talking about with this team, most likely due to the Dalton hit who wants to step up. Shan tried to clarify his question about the leadership situation and Jerry cut him off and said, shut up and let me answer. So you can tell wow. it's percolating a little bit on the surface. I'm sure that'll be on your phone here in just a little bit. So I'll see you, Jerry. Jerry say, man, you ain't getting ready to box me in no corner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tonight, the Rays could be in a corner and eliminated from the could World be. Series. Tonight's Game 6, 730 Eastern ESPN Radio. Just a few fun facts before we get the guys' predictions. The last time the Dodgers won 
the World Series. Pat Riley was coaching the Lakers to a title. Yes. Michael Jordan had been out of the first round of the playoffs just one time. Never mentioned the six titles. He ain't no oh. LeBron. <laughs> Speaking we, of. We never mentioned that in the six titles. Though. Okay. The king was three. He was a prince back then. Tiger Woods was 12. Key was a sophomore. He was 30. He was 30 back then? According to Michael K, he was 30. No. (laughs) Key was a sophomore in high school, tearing it up. And Jay Will was a future All-American dribbling in the driveway at seven years old. Fellas, it's been a long time. What do you think tonight? It's been been a long time. Well, it's easy for me. I think the Dodgers Dodgers have an opportunity to close it out. Depending on – we're going with a bullpen pitching philosophy. Depending on how we handle that – Blake Snell is on the mound for the Rays. We kind of chased him out of there last time out. And so let's see if we can do that again the second time around. Minute to go, Jay. What do you have? I I said it earlier, Zubin. I just feel like this Rays team, I'm not saying they're going to win it overall, but it feels like they have something different. They don't don't seem to be the team to me that would feel pressed Mm -hmm. in a game like this. They didn't need to feel pressed against the Yankees. They just handled their business. And anyway, I will say, Zubin, let's go to one, I, one of the biggest <laughs> takeaways that I heard from watching all these games is that, you know, I, their first at bat, if they can get a man on base, they just keep inserting that pressure. I, I think that could be a difference maker tonight. I think that's very fair. They're also one of those situations where it only seems fitting to Jay's point in a baseball season, unlike any other, that we couldn't even start until July, that we wanted to start in March. Stop it would it. go to the max. It would have to go seven games let because let it has test. to be adversity here, filled. Man, bring that nostril over here. Let me test the COVID. Through. It'll be really interesting. Game seven would be awesome. The Rays looking for their first world championship ever. The Dodgers looking for their first in 32 years. Jay's Pre-game Q-tip. coverage. <laughs> Big old On nostrils. ESPN Radio, 730 <laughs> Eastern. Buster, win or lose, right. to talk about it tomorrow. Jess Mendoza and Ryan Clark. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.